All right. Now All I'm right. The lions are squiggling. Da, 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 da. Yeah. All right. Hello, and welcome to another season of Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Gen Point Five. And I edited episodes out of order the last two weeks. <laughs> Yay! I guess we are. It, it was okay because it, it worked out accidentally in our favor because then um, the the Gargoyles episode fell on Keith David's birthday. Yeah. Which was nice. Serendipity. Also, I, I, I labeled the episode wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, well, it's our between seasons episode, and I, I labeled it like Gargoyles the Pack. Mm-hmm. Because my brain keeps saying that episode is called The Pack, but it's not. No. I thought it was. It's, uh, the Thrill of the Hunt. Oh. Thrill of the Hunt, yes. I always forget that because it's the episode that introduces The Pack. It is. It's just The Pack in my head. And also, and there the, actually is no episode called The Pack. I think there's one called maybe The Return of the Pack, or no, Leader of the Pack. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, well, that, that one makes more sense. Oh, that's a Coyote <laughs> episode, I think. Or, um, well, oh, yes, yes. With the, the, the robot, uh... <laughs> The robot Xanatos that Hyena definitely wants to have sex with. Well, I mean... Well, she's more machine than woman at that point. I think that was even before then. (laughs) What? Oh. His sexiness is just that profound. Like, even as a robot, she she wants to bang him. She may also be a robosexual. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, well... She kind of seems like a potential anything sexual. She's kind of got that vibe. This is true of a lot of Cree Summer characters. <laughs> well, it's because she's delightful when she overacts. Oh, yes. We'll hump fun. anything of an approximate humo- humanoid shape. <laughs> so yeah, this is the 40th episode of Transformers Robots in Disguise, and it's part of a weird mini-season that uh, aired between the second yeah. and third seasons. It is either season three, or it is season 2.5. Yes. Well, since season two was really short, it makes more sense that this is 2.5. Mm. The questionably so acquired uh, files that I got of it refer to it as season three, which makes things a little confusing, mm. because then you have to know that you need to look for season four to actually get season three. Yes. Yeah, well, Hasbro, on, on their Hasbro Transformers YouTube page, has this listed as season three. Okay. And uh, oddly enough, this which is, is how a- I found. Although trying to trying to navigate to find because there's on YouTube there's a Hasbro channel, there's a Hasbro Pulse channel, there's a Hasbro Transformers channel. There's too many. It took me like ten yeah, minutes to find the right one. With their the episodes, social guys. media people need to like calm down. Also, although wait, <laughs> the person. Oh. Actually, are they linked together? The person sending out the has who writes the Hasbro Pulse emails really needs to like breathe for a moment. I don't know if that's the same person who does the Hasbro Pulse YouTube stream, but they need to just calm down, take a breath. It's okay. <laughs> oh, it's the Transformers official channel, which. Does link in the linked channels? It has Hasbro. It does not have Hasbro Pulse, but it also has Power Rangers official, which I and didn't I know, know they that had. The Pulse one is the one where the G one episodes are. So yeah, yes, which is the confusing part because I went there first. They, I was like, where's, "There's G one. Where's the rest? Fuck's the rest?" They of it? really need to. And and uh, meanwhile, Hasbro Studios is the name of the account that. Uh, Gives me the uh, copyright claims on the stuff I upload. Oh, there's another channel, of course. So yeah, they oh, hey, they got a lot of power. They oh. really need to uh, solidify all that a little better. Well, if we ever want to watch a random Power Rangers episode, now I know where to oh, find them. Oh, though, uh, again, possibly also, related to all of this, Shout Factory still has them. I think, and. Uh, I guess newsworthy in the context of our podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Pluto TV is going to have a Transformers channel. Ooh. Which could be. probably also means uh, that they're, they do also have an on-demand tab on their viewer uh, yeah. that will probably then presumably have, I would assume, probably the same stuff that's currently on Tubi and maybe some other stuff. 
Uh, but I, I will be curious to see. I mean, I know I was listening to RFC and they mentioned the, the Pluto channel and mentioned how Pluto's Star Wars ch- or Star Trek channel just only ever shows the next generation. Uh, though I, I would well, correct I mean, that they did show like the first episode of Picard a couple times because they were really trying to get people to subscribe to Paramount Plus. Uh, uh, but mostly they just play the next generation. So I would be curious to see like that. Then again, though, their Ninja Turtles channel that they have shows. I don't think I've seen any original turtles on there, but I have seen uh, the Fox Kids Turtles cartoon and also the two Ooh, Nickelodeon good- ones. So uh. I am very curious. I suspect probably robots in disguise may show up unless they decide to just go solid G1. But that's Hmm. something worth keeping an eye on, especially if you are interested in robots in disguise specifically. Okay. So yeah, the, uh, this, uh, this oddly enough, it aired, um, about a month and a half in Canada before it aired in the States. No. Of course it was 20 oh, back to that weird stuff. It was 2016, so unlike when that happened with Beast Machines, we didn't then have to download like tiny little squares of video through like No, but remember you're, you're, was it dial-up? Prime was the one where it aired in like the United Arab Emirates or something. No, that was Robots in Skies. I think the first like the f- oh. entire first season had like some Middle Eastern streaming service and it went up there all at once. Yeah, because I remember downloading a couple episodes mm-hmm. at some point. I just forgot which season of what show it was. Also, I remember watching uh, all of Galaxy Force fan subbed uh, before Cybertron was dubbed over here. So that was fun. Ooh, I did. I did it the other way around. <laughs> So this is uh, this was written by Adam Beechin, who is uh, you know the producer, and so he almost always does the pilots and season finales. Mm-hmm. So indeed he has. Yes. With this one again, and so we we pick up a little while after the events of Decepticon Island, and it seems that things have been pretty slow, uh, Decepticon wise, and uh, probably just been kind of giving everybody a nice guided tour of Earth. Yes. Bumblebee's Titanic tour of Earth. Yes, this is this will be stop number forty-one. They've seen waterfalls, pyramids, and uh, and uh, an improperly vertical tower in the, the land called Italy. <laughs> Which, like, how that's that's located in a pretty goddamn busy area, mostly because it's a tourist. Maybe track. they went at night. I don't. I I think there will be photo ops of the Leaning Tower at night, or they just went in vehicle mode. Yeah. They could have ground bridged over to a more rural area and then driven to where they could see it. How did they explain Grimlock? Did they tell people they were filming a sequel to Five Million Years to Earth? Maybe. (laughs) Or Five Million Miles to Earth? This time it's got a robot. The one with Ymir. Ymir. We're just doing a, you know, we're, uh, we just put him under a big tarp. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or put him in the construction vehicle disguise again. Will that fit in the ground bridge? It's kind of big. I mean, they took the parts with them and they assembled it. Mm, maybe we'll have, we'll have to see if it fits in the bridge. <laughs> yes. Although we've got some, we find out maybe something interesting about Grimlock uh, in a little bit. Yeah, which is confusing. So we, we will see. So, uh, hit Sideswipe, and of course Sideswipe would fit right in in Italy, because he looks like some sort of Italian sports car. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas I guess Strongarm would have to fake some sort of like Italian accent over her loudspeakers. <laughs> <laughs> Please go about your business. I guess she would have to. Uh, we'd have to see what Italian police deco looks like. Cause I, I remember at some point, like back in the '90s, seeing some old Godzilla movie and, and being like, "Yay, those police cars have prowl deco." 
Yeah. Of course, if she was a police car in Italy for too long, she might end up with like a, a mafia car bomb attached to her underside. Oh no! <laughs> Apollonia, no! <laughs> oh, apparently they're mostly blue with some white. Oh well, hey, there you go. There you go. She's kind of reversed, but pretty close. Pretty close. So yeah, Sideswipe is super bored by all of this because history sucks. <laughs> Boring. And so they, they they bridge over to an abandoned military base. And Sideswipe and Strongarm is immediately paranoid because she thinks they've blown their cover. Yes, Bumblebee suggests that they are going to get a kick out of this, and Grimlock is very excited at the idea of getting to kick something. Uh, but yes, yes Strongarm just like freaks out. <laughs> Which, like, how how many times have they gone into abandoned military bases in this series? It's at least half a dozen. Well, so many military bases are automated these days. It's usually... No, it was usually the away team. And she wasn't with the away that's, team. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. What? I, I could have sworn she's been to at least... Well, there's, there was the one where... Um... um Quillfire and Springload stole that giant tank. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, but that was great. But that was an active military went to the base there, though. Yeah, I can't remember if they actually went to the base. They were near it, and it was active. Yeah, this, this is deserted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, they note that it, everything is super dusty, and it's just full of like old furniture. Well, he's Bumblebee is specifically like, okay, strong arm, take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how everything is dusty and there's old furniture. <laughs> He's just like, calm down, think things through. <laughs> Unfortunately, I now regret to inform you that they go outside, they find an old Jeep, and it's time for the Browning Part 2, no. The Revenge. Ah, stupid brown. Weirdly enough, this Jeep isn't even brown. <laughs> It just, they scan in the the concept of brown from it. <laughs> the concept of brown. Like I think the, that was most of, uh, I think that was most of my interior decor in the 90s. The concept of brown. <laughs> the platonic ideal of brown. <laughs> so yeah, everybody, everybody's, everybody scans it and finds out what brown can do for them. With the exception <laughs> of Grimlock, which makes me wonder... Can Dinobots scan other vehicle modes? Or are they just always a Dinobot? It, it is very weird that, that, like, well, he can't even do the camo, and he cannot do vehicle modes? Wow. So that makes me think that maybe, like, you know, like Grim, maybe Dinobots are, like, a separate species. Hmm. Well, it, subline or something. And that's and, and Grimlock doesn't just remain a dinosaur because he wants to remain a dinosaur, but we can't, because he can be nothing else. Oh. Which then does wonder like if when, uh, when tra- that that is extrapolated to Decepticons who have uh, animal modes versus having animalistic robot modes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just makes me think of uh, Tracy Jordan, a character who is not entirely dissimilar to Grimlock. <laughs> once said on uh, on uh, Thirty Rock, you know, I'm I, I can never change. I'm like a chameleon, always a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> It's deep. It's real deep. So, yeah. So, I guess that, you know, it's never actually said, but I guess a Dinobot must always be a Dinobot. Possibly because uh, they were actually just built in some caves. Maybe. With Commodore 64 brains. That's right. Dinobots? I thought you were supposed to make dinosaurs. (laughs) So clever. That's why we never let you be in episodes. Is that Gears or is that Huffer? I think that's Huffer. That's like the only thing Huffer ever did. (laughs) I think once he, once he, there was one time he towed Prime's trailer. There's one time that I think, is it Hoist drives him? Yes. Question mark? Yeah, that's a weird moment. And then I think he makes some crack about, uh, yeah. Dinobots, you're supposed to make dinosaurs, almost sounding like uh, Papa Smurf. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if, if you want to hear more about Don Messick, tune into this month's exciting Patreon episode. Yes. 
It, it, it is mesictastic. It is. Right. So no. So, uh, oh, th- do, wh- why do we have brown episode two? Why? Uh, maybe we're, I, I guess they really wanted to show these uh, these brown repaints. But I th- uh, there's only like two of them that get brown repaints. Yeah, nobody's buying them. We got to sell them. Yeah. More Arctic camo. The Arctic camo was at least interesting. Well, and thankfully, at least in this one, the bad guy isn't brown. Yeah. And Grimlock isn't brown, but he also gets to basically do nothing the entire episode. Yeah. Poor guy. Just a shame. He embarrasses so, anyway, himself. Yeah. That's not nothing. Am, am I mistaken? The Jeep was actually green. Yes, it was green. And they turned brown. Yes, they just acquired, okay. like like Jen said, it, they just acquired the concept of brown. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I cut out there for a bit. And, okay. uh, distilled funky. the concept of brown from it, the essence of brown. Yes, but it, it turns out that this is not just some janky-ass military base. This is the now-abandoned remains of the Unit E hangar. Yes! I was excited this is, about uh, this that. Is where the, this is where the Autobots hung out in uh, Season 3. And I guess <laughs> once they mostly left, they didn't really need it anymore. Yeah. Well, it kind of blew up. Well, their first base blew up. Did this one also blow up? Isn't this the remains of that base? Like, it looks like it's exploded up top. Okay, yeah, I guess they did attack the Unit E, I think, in the finale of that as well. Yes. I was going to say, this yeah. looks like okay. it's outside of the big rock formation that was the original Jasper base. Well, that's coming up, because they start in the Unity one that they did in Season 3, and then they go right. back to the big one outside of Jasper. Right. And it's unclear exactly how far it is. It seems like it's maybe close, but mm-hmm. they were not close in the in the show, I think. No, which is why this episode's a little confusing. I mean, it gets more. It gets very confusing on multiple levels at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, also, bits where they it, the dialogue seems to in- indicate they're inside, but they're outside. But that that's later. Yeah. So anyway, you know, he's so they they drive over to uh, to the old uh, the original Autobot base from seasons one and two of Prime. I know he's reminiscing about, you know, arm wrestling with Bulkhead and fighting Decepticons. And that time there was, like, a an evil shapeshifter who impersonated Wheeljack. Yes. Mm. Also, we do at one point here get, like, some very dramatic new transformation animations that I feel like oh, these yes. brown decos do not warrant. No. Yeah, no. You need to be more exciting before you go through all that trouble. Come on. Well, I guess that means it, it, presumably it was easy to re-render it in a different color. I guess. Otherwise, why waste it on brown? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're not going to use these transformations again in brown. So brown. Well, well, I mean, we hope they aren't. My God. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't don't keep this brown. It's bad. It's not good. Mm. So yeah, they uh, so they drive in. You know, they're they're rem- he's reminiscing about you know arm wrestling bulkhead and how he used to keep a hollow diary. Yes. Which, like, Which, how if he couldn't talk? I guess we're not acknowledging that he couldn't talk at the time. Well, I thought I thought he was talking about Hollow Diary he had back on Cybertron, not on Earth. Well, it, it turns out it was on Earth. Yes, as we will see. Yes, as they will all see. So, you know, and they do, he does remember that, oh yeah, we kind of left some, like, historic artifacts in the basement, and maybe we should get those. So were these, like, mm. the extremely dangerous historic artifacts that they spent, you know, a good little while chasing after? That were super I, dangerous? I, I, I seem to recall that most of those ended up accounted for by the end of Prime. Okay. Yeah, they were still using them. After they after they left Cybertron, but maybe not. I, I think yeah. there there may be a couple that kind of slip through the cracks. Probably. Yeah. Of course, there is one artifact that seems to be newer than the others, uh, which is in fact a giant bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they also end up triggering the security systems. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, because as he mentions, at one point they used one of them to get through their security, so they. 
overrode the part that made it where it wouldn't attack them. Yes. And it seems that that bomb was left by Perilon. He is a purple scorpion guy, uh, voiced by Jason Spizak. Why, why is that name familiar? Um, he was he was uh, the Autobots' kid buddy Koji on Robots in Disguise. Oh, uh, he was Kid mm-hmm. Flash on Young Justice, and he was Razor on that Green Lantern cartoon. My favorite Lantern, <laughs> who is apparently uh, spoilers, I guess, for the ongoing newer Young Justice cartoon, apparently had an episode about him recently, so I need to find that ah. since I am currently putting my streaming money to, to uh, HBO Max for a bit. Well, I guess he's already doing Kid Flash on Young Justice, so I guess they might as well, since they got him. Yeah. And was, was Greg Wiseman involved with that Green Lantern cartoon? Yes. Okay, sure. sure. That would make sense because he was also doing Young Justice. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's he's looks like he does a lot of anime. No, I think for... it was Giancarlo Volpe actually. Okay, looks like he does like a bunch of that uh, Netflix anime. He's on that Blade Runner anime and that Pacific Rim anime. Uh, mm-hmm. Isn't? And I thought I scrolled back something. Oh, Arcane. Arcane. The the new. Oh, what the fuck? The game. What's it tied into? Crap. Was that League of Legends? League of Legends. Okay. Oh, that one. The one that everyone was going on about for a little bit. Yes. Which looks really neat, but I haven't bothered to watch. Because I forget what the hell it's even on. Is that on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. I keep seeing it. Of course, I don't even know what... I'm not 100% sure what League of Legends is. Either Mostly, most of my... Mostly what I know about League of Legends is secondhand, and mostly what I learned about it secondhand is that it's just full of, like, Brazilians trolling you. It's just lots of, like, people being absolute assholes and then going way, 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 way in chat. I just know some fan art, but to be honest, I'm probably confusing fan art with that with three other MOBA games. Is it a MOBA? I do not know. Okay. Yes, it is a moment. I'm, I'm assuming this fan art was erotic. Probably. Most of it, yes. It, From what I've heard, it definitely sounds like the uh, Arcane series was, like, far and away better at, than any of the actual storytelling that you get from the game. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that was everything. Like I heard, it's like, oh, you like you like that anime? Do not play the game. Because <laughs> no, it's just Brazilians trolling you. And, wait, wait, uh, wait, and wait, Paralog- wait. Uh, So he he is a reuse of the Scorponok model, but he's kind of got a head that looks like Beast Wars Scorponok, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, the toy looks like Beast Wars Scorponok. In the show, it doesn't quite look it's as much like it. Not as much. No. And then he's also got a minicon buddy, Buzzstrike. Which is, seems like a really weird name for a guy who turns into an axe. Uh, voiced by Rick Pasqualoni. I love him. Again, that feels like a familiar name. I love him he's, so much. Uh, he's like a character actor. He's in a bunch of video games. He does a lot of commercials. He has been on a whole lot of soap operas. <laughs> Yay! Always playing... Always pay, uh, playing... I'm, I'm guessing somebody who's extremely Italian. <laughs> oh yeah, he's you so don't... Italian. His middle name is Rocco. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty Italian. He's not that Italian here, though. No, no. I love uh, him. I wonder he's if he's, so good. I wonder if he's Buzzstrike because he came with Bumblebee. Maybe. I mean, you strike someone with His an axe, toy but the axe does not generally buzz. No. So, uh, so yeah, he uh, he is a guy. He's a minicon who turns into an axe. That is the theme of the minicons. We're going to show up in this mini season. <laughs> and so, uh, so Paralon is very obsessed with. He is a, a part of a team called the Scavengers. Yes. And he is obsessed with becoming like making a name for himself as a, a salvager. At one point he says, this is the job where Paralon makes his name as a relic hunter. 
Yay! Which I guess means he's going to be uh, the greatest Tia Carrere the world has ever known. <laughs> yes. I, too, will have my own Made in Canada syndicated action show. Why does my dad have that on DVD? I don't know. Big Tia Carrere fan? I think it's just because he has, like, an absolutely absurd collection of DVDs. He really loves seeing uh, the, the scenic scenery of uh, downtown Toronto. Make, pretending to be a bunch of other cities. I, I think that he probably shares slash is the source of my general affection for those ridiculous hour-long syndicated formats. Generally Tom Raimi, or Sam Raimi produced, generally Tom Raimi featuring, or Ted Raimi featuring. The, Ted the, point, Raimi. Is, yeah, Ted. the point is, Sam Raimi. <laughs> I don't think he did that, but it was the same like... No. I mean, they, 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 those were popular, and then the others sort of sprang from it. Yes. You know, they, they were, they were the, the formula. You know, you get, uh, you get some sort of, you know, uh, some cheeky humor, some, uh, some sex appeal, some, uh, some over the top stunts. Yeah, it's like, you, you went from Hercules and Xena to Beastmaster and Relic Hunter. Uh, and yeah, and various that, other things I can't uh, remember. The, the Lost World. Yes, the lost one. Oh, oh, and there was a there was a new one with the Lee stacks. Uh, oh, Land of the Lost. Of the that Lost. one's a yes. little. That was that one is a little different. That was early nineties. Oh, that was before. Yes, I thought, I thought and it came after it was only half an hour. I remember that. Yes, and it featured. Um, I think he was on like Saturday mornings. Maybe because I, I remember like summer. cartoons ending, and then it was time for Land of the Lost. And it also featured um, Timothy Bottom, Timothy Bottoms, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that actor who really looks like George W. Bush. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, I guess the dad. Yeah, the dad kind of looked like Bush. Oh. And he went would go on to play uh, George W. Bush in both a serious TV movie about nine eleven and that sitcom That's My Bush. Oh. <laughs> Range. But, I, mean, I just remember that the monster animatronics were pretty good. Yeah, I think that was still was... the Crofts working on that, maybe. Okay. And, and although that mm. did feature, uh, there was like some sort of jungle girl in that, so that had a little yes. bit of the sexiness, but <laughs> not to that. the extent that the '90s syndicated shows had. No, no, which maybe is why I confused it. Oh. I think. Uh, anyway, so where <laughs> were we? Relic Hunter. We talking about syndicated TV. Relic Hunter. Oh, Relic Hunter. Of course. It off. Yes. He declares that he is going to be the best relic hunter. Yes. He he's really so I'm he, sorry, uh, he's gonna need a boob job if he's gonna do that. <laughs> well he can always be the Ted Raimi. I guess. Or well well the, the Ted Raimi esque sidekick on that show. I yeah, he's got <laughs> definite like Ted Raimi sidekick energy. Yeah, he was kinda he kinda had like the nineties floppy hair. He was vaguely English, and he could never make, and he could quite, never quite seal the deal with Tia Carrere. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so it is, you know, they run into Paralon, it is now time to fight. So he turns, Buster turns into an axe, and he is a crazy powerful axe. And they, you know, they've never seen a, uh, uh, a minicon give off that kind of power. Yes. So is this here? Well, I so think you, that they mention that the minicon seems to be powering up its host because then that's that's yes. very uh, that's very OG minicons. Yes. Uh, sadly, Perlon does not find that he has some driving claws he never knew about. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just glows oh, yeah. a bit. He does not like suddenly have a a toy action feature. <laughs> so he he quickly uh, stomps both Bumblebee and Sideswipe. And then meanwhile, Strongarm and Grimlock are, you know, they're wandering through the halls and Grimlock steps on something and it goes click. <gasps> Uh-oh. So clearly he has stepped on a mine and that is what Grimlock will spend the rest of, Grimlock will spend the rest of the episode not moving. Yes. Yeah. Terrified that if he moves he's going to set off this obvious mine that he has stepped on. Yes. 
Uh, so, so now it is time for Drift and his mini cons to uh, to take off. Well, yeah, because oh wait, when is the the crackled radio call? Right, that's that's right after uh, Bumblebee and Sideswipe have had their their butts stomped. They call in, but because it's so garbled because of the shielding in the base, it just comes in like fine. And, and and apparently Strong Arm has had a strong enough character arc over these few seasons that she's not immediately like, oh, this must be trouble, and runs over there. She's like, nah, shit's fine. Yeah, well, and also she can't just leave Grimlock. Well, the, to, yes, then Grimlock happens. Because then she's also probably going to assume that Grimlock will, as soon as she leaves, get an itch or something. <laughs> <laughs> she does not trust him to stay behind with this. So so he's fighting uh, Drift in the Minicons. It's not going so well for him, so he hucks the axe at Bumblebee. Bumblebee catches it, and then the axe takes over his body. Which is neat and weird. Yes. It's, it's like a cursed sword. It is my favorite kind. Cursed so axes like ex- are still pretty great. I, I, I think there was a cursed axe of some sort uh, towards the end of Buffy. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't watch Buffy. I think there's like a big final fight and somebody has the big axe that they got from a troll or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So now, thoroughly outnumbered, uh, Paralon and the possessed bee uh, take down the others. So it's really just Sideswipe who's left, which is unfortunate. Well, he, he's on the ground, was knocked out, but wakes up after Paralon leaves, after talking about the right of salvage and ocean law. Yes. You gotta know about that stuff if you're going to be a relic hunter. I'm sure, we all love maritime law. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, it's not like he's stealing, he's obeying the law of the ocean. Yeah, and of note here, uh, Paralon is not so cool with the idea of them, you know, exploding everybody. He, or, uh, or um, buzz strike. Buzz strike. Buzz strike. What did I say? Parallel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Parallel is entirely cool with it. Buzz strike is not so cool. With yes. It. Buzz strike's like, do we have to do a murder? <laughs> he says, I didn't sign on to end the lives of others. Yes, but it seems the parallel is, uh, or sorry, the the uh, buzz strike and his fellow minicons. Are in some way in the thrall of these uh, Decepticons, Uh-oh. Hmm. though possibly just like I don't know. There's a lot of organized crime going on. They might just owe them money. Hmm. Also possible. Well, it's not like Paralon is personally killing the Autobots. The bomb's going to do it. That's right. Although yeah. he does say he's the the layer of Autobots or er, Slayer of Autobots. But I had to rewind to make sure. Did you say layer? Did you lay Autobots? What? <laughs> Laying with Autobots? <laughs> no, no, no. None of that. It's a PG show. So, yeah, they're uh, so they're heading out. They're going to set off this bomb right away. And I think it's also at this point that Sideswipe uses the word Zots, which he's used a couple times in this episode. Oh. His new catchphrase. Uh, it just makes me think of that uh, the 1960s, the 1962 Jim Backus comedy Zots. Zots? Is it comedy? It's a it's a William Castle movie. Sure. It's about a man obtaining magical powers from an ancient uh, god. Maybe Adam Beechin okay. is like working some some like hints in there, like in uh. Name. Dark of the Moon, is it? When there's the, the bit at the beginning where they're watching the episode of Star Trek, and he says this is the one where Spot goes crazy. And then later in the yes. movie, Leonard Nimoy's character Spot betrays Spot. Spot crazy. Oh. I, know. Yes. I love and hated that so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially when uh, Sentinel Prime drops the needs of the many. Yeah, that was too much. So my my previously mentioned father uh, was a a huge uh, OG Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars, I don't know, Star Trek fan. He's a huge OG Star Trek fan, uh, and I, I made him suffer through Dark of the Moon. And at that point, he's just like, how dare they? 
He was just so offended. <laughs> because seriously, that's, uh, it's not cool, guys. It's not cool. No. How dare you, sir? <laughs> So, so yeah, the uh, strong arms finally decide. Okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to get out of here and, you know, find Bumblebee or something. She goes. She finds everybody else who's on, who are you know pretty much messed up, and also she finds this enormous bomb, which is now about to go now off. Now it's got flashing lights. Now the lights on it are flashing. Yes. It's, that's a bad sign. It's not a good sign. Yes. Mm. So Sideswipe is off on his own, and he finds uh, Parallel and Buzzstrike just as they find a Rob Liefeld gun. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they spot me. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, everybody else is right behind me. Huge explosion. <laughs> um, he does manage to get this rifle from Parallel, though, and get away. But, hey... Good news, we cut back to the base and they used the base's security systems to uh, surround this bomb with a force field containing its explosive force to a very small area. So they're still alive. Off screen, so they didn't exactly have to explain it. Nope. <laughs> like, yeah, you get, you get the concept, we don't need to show it. It's fine. Which, it is a fine use of the tech, although I'm wondering, like, how did you step on the thing and poke the bomb? How did you get the bomb to blow? Wait, huh? Listen, the important thing is it happened. We don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> it's taken care of. That plot point is now resolved. Yes. So, so meanwhile, Sideswipe is, he is remembering what B told him about history, which perhaps history doesn't suck so much after all. <sighs> and was able to go into the base's lost levels. Ah. <sighs> To, uh, Which are all outside. Well, they're caved yes. in, at the very least. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think they weren't originally outside, but then somebody blew up the base. I know, somebody. but it just seems weird because, like, wasn't Paralon trying to get to like the center of the facility to hide when the explosion happens? Which would assume be like metal walls reinforced. Like, no, there's just nothing but Maybe. rocks. Maybe the explosion jarred some stuff loose. Maybe, but like we don't even see like an exposed hallway that's ripped apart. Mm. It's just rocks. That would have taken a lot of modeling. Do it. Yeah. It's painted backgrounds. <laughs> painted. Yeah, so, so yeah, they fight side, and you know, Parallel is pretty magnanimous here. He's like, "Hey, give me that Rob Liefeld gun, and I'll just leave." Hmm. But Sideswipe's not taking that deal. Because mm, Sideswipe's no. stupid. And indeed, Sideswipe does pretty quickly get his ass kicked by Paralon and his axe. Good job. Mostly by the axe. So meanwhile, back to Grimlock. Uh, Bumblebee just pushes Grimlock off the alleged mine, which turns out is a metal, is an armor buffer that Ratchet left behind. Which is kind of a nice thing that's like... We needed that. Yeah. <laughs> That oh yeah, the Autobots wouldn't use mines in their own base. That might be a war crime. Yes, and yeah. a bad accident. Yeah, Bumblebee was like, we we didn't put down any mines, Grimlock. It's, it's not a mine. Why would we have put a mine there? Come on. This is a hallway. We would walk it all the time. <laughs> we were using this, which does sort of makes it. I was kind of expecting like. When the mine started, like like uh, Strongarm would like clear off the, his foot to see like what was under it, but no, she just left him there. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, we heard a well, click. Yeah. It's a mine. Let's go. Well, she's new at this. Yeah. So so sorry. Anyway, the I I, I misspoke there. Mm -hmm. um, Sideswipe does fight Paralon and indeed knocks out Paralon, but then Buzzstrike takes over Paralon's body. And just wields him as a weapon, including his and, yeah, stinger just puppeteers tail. him. Yes. So I guess you can just puppeteer... I mean, I guess if you can move the guy's legs, you can puppeteer the entire thing. <laughs> I love these many cons. Well, but, but it's like the way he lifts... He gets lifted up, like, by the axe, like he's a puppet. Yes. So dragging him around sort of makes sense. It's swinging about. But actually using the tail feels like that's a lot of control for a little mini-con. 
Uh, clearly, these are not your average minicons. No. Yeah, so he's the one who's who's just willing to let Sideswipe go, but instead kicks him ass, kisses ass because he won't take a hint. Yeah. So yeah, the so the Autobots are worried that you know, um, Paralon is going to blow up something something else important, like a like a crucial artifact or us. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of important. So anyway, uh, Paralon has now cleared the area. He he wakes up and he's pretty mad that Buzzstrike, you know, left their Rob Liefeld gun behind. He needed that. They brought yeah, up so ratchets, right. so everything's going to be. I needed that. Yes. So just, you know, just don't tell ev- just don't tell everybody that I suck, okay? So they and so they take off in their shuttle and head off to the rest of the team who will be meeting in later episodes. Mm. This season, I assume. Yes, we we find out that there's a whole season. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys with a mysterious mastermind who is mentioned in this episode. Ah, uh, no. Fascinating. So you know, every all is well. You know, the base is saved. There's there are no more Decepticons around, and well, it turns out that Sideswipe did in, fi- in fact find a, a historical artifact that uh, caught his attention. It's a, it's a hollow diary, <laughs> which uh, turns out depicts Bumblebee uh, doing aerobics, wearing leg warmers. Yeah, what, yeah. Does, does this mean Prime took place in the nine or the eighties? What is going on? Or, or I guess they were there before the eight, before the the aughts when that takes place. I'm thinking it may just and be that, like. I mean, they're new to Earth completely, so something having been popular in the 80s, they're not necessarily going to understand, like, oh, well, that was... Especially as long as Transformer time is, like, that was... Hmm. Seems like not that long ago. So, yeah, he was totally... Thought the exercise videos were still super cool. And was making one. Uh... I will say that is a theory, but it may be disproved in the very next episode. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, no. Because it seems that where we, uh, that uh, the base that we were looking at last week, or this week, is not the first Autobot base on Earth. (gasps) Uh Continuity screwiness. Yay! Yes. So you know, everybody has a good, but everybody has a good laugh at Bumblebee. <laughs> and of course, also note that he is in his robots and disguise body. But sometimes body consistency between series is not a hundred percent. Yeah, it's. They may have just decided like every, it was more important to be clear about that being him than it was to be consistent about what he would have looked like at the time. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, that is, you know, it, it's it's a pretty basic episode, but it does kind of set up the stakes for the new season, and that we have a mysterious faction of guys with mysterious, powerful minicons. Who are yeah. trying to be Tia Carrere. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I am excited but, about minicons. Know, I, I, it's kind of got a fun Decepticon, uh, but next week's Decepticon I'm really looking forward to. Ooh. But uh, until then, of course, I believe that now means it's time for David's Tokusatsu Corner. Oh, yes. This week on Gosei Sentai, Die Ranger! Huh? A ceasefire? Okay. Question mark. In the last episode, the, the Rangers were having a Zord fight with the Monster of the Week, who's completely unimportant. And then Serpentera, I mean, Dai Ryu, or Dai Jin Ryu shows up. The giant mile high dragon to wreck everybody's shit, and, and it transforms into a mile high robot, and and just like the, the villains, the Gorma, they, they just peace out. It's like, oh shit, we can't deal with this. And then the dragon robot proceeds to, well, um, Akira the city. <laughs> There's a big red glow, and the city is wrecked, and he's just standing in this rubble like Godzilla. And, and there was a shot of Tokyo Towers. Was this Tokyo? The city's sure. destroyed. That's how you establish that it's Tokyo, is by having Tokyo Tower. It, it, it's so, so it's a mess, and, and the Rangers are like, oh, crap. 
But, like, the dragon just flies away after wrecking the city or walks away. The rangers go back to the, the Master Kaku and their base is like, D -d -d Dragon, bad! How we stop dragons? Like, Kaku's like, eh! Because apparently... The, the, well, oh no, at first they thought, oh, he's on our side. Because he made the bad guys run away. And then he fucks the city. But but Master Kaku's like, well, no, he, he's kind of a universal balance. Like, he he's here to... He's tired of everyone fighting, and he's just going to destroy the Earth until they stop. <laughs> like, well, that's not good. So then, then Kaku rides in, in this little basket thingy that flies him to the Gorma's base, which is the giant floating upside-down pyramid. And and after he knocks all the goons out of the way, he goes to talk to the the, the high-pitched voiced stupid goofy emperor is like we should have a truce but the emperor's like no let us keep fighting yay it's like <laughs> what no they're going to wreck the entire planet they'll kill all of us it's like meanwhile the, the rangers are out and, and, and the, the monster of last week is still there because he hasn't been destroyed and he's just fucking up a city for the hell of it while the dragon's somewhere else and the rangers are like we gotta stop him so they get their zord and then, of course, eventually, yes, the Serpentera does come back to them. But first, Serpentera attacks the upside-down pyramid. And the Emperor is like, huh. no, this has backfired on me. But he still Oops. doesn't want to have the truce. He just, like, falls off his perch and is hanging on a ledge. And Master Kaku's like, do you want to have a truce now? No! You moron! You would rather <laughs> die, you're that stupid. Anyway, um, back to the ranger fight. The rangers are fighting the monster of the week. Then Serpentera shows up. And Serpentera steps on the monster of the week. Well, that's taken care of. The end. That is the end of that fight. But then he's like, oh, I'm going to step in the rangers too. And their zords break apart in a scene missing. Or a scene I blinked and looked down at to take notes. So anyway... Serpentera, like a half a mile high or something, is going to step on the red dragon zord, which is a wee tiny thing under his foot. But then the ranger's friend Cameo turns into the turtle zord, whose name I forget in either version. And and then, then Tor, I think. Tor, I, I yeah, think it was that's Tor right. the turtle zord. It's Dairugin or Daibugin or something in Japanese. So okay, so he clamshells around the Red Ranger Zord, and it's like, "Yay, the Red Ranger saved!" Oh no, the giant robot is stepping on me instead. This hurts, but it's not destroying him until eventually the, the Serpentera just like shuts off, like its its eyes turn off. It stops stepping on the Turtle Zord, and it just flies straight up into the sky for reasons. I guess because Wee! it finally realized. If finally realized they stopped fighting. It's like if yes, because you fly, stepped on them. If I could fly way up into the sky, I would do so, and I would not require a reason. Yeah. So the, the most of the rangers go back to their base and talk to Kaku, and it's like, oh look, the dragon zord's flying to the moon. Yeah, well, because because I got a truce with, with the, the the bad guys, and the rangers are like, and what did you have to do? What secret are you keeping from us? And he's like, nope, not telling this episode. We're at the end of the episode. I have to have a cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Except for the, the Pink Ranger was still in the city, which is leveled, and, and there's rubble everywhere, and there, there's, like, tunks of concrete on purses and lost shoes, implying a shitload of people died without actually showing it. I love that. And she's looking for the White Ranger who wasn't in this episode. It's like, oh yeah, he wasn't in this episode. Not appearing in this episode. She does find his sword and ask where he is, and, he, and the sword's like, I don't know. He's, he's just missing in action. End of the episode. That was it. That, that was a lot of interesting nothing in a way, other than wow, that Zord can just fuck us all over and destroy the bad guys and us, and also us if it just feels like it. Oops. Yes. Maybe be careful. So there, there is a truce now, but of course the bad guys aren't going to keep that up for very long. Yeah, that was interesting. And there's still like. Ten episodes left? More than ten, I think. Oh. 
Like it feels very season finale y or getting to season finale, but we're not quite there yet. Which I guess, I guess is like sort of a thing in Sentai. Like the last, like the, the first thirteen episodes are introducing stuff, and, and then the middle is like status quo for a while, and then the last thirteen or so, everything just ramps up and goes insane. And I guess we're there. <laughs> so yeah, fun. All right. All right, well, that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, with another exciting episode of Robots of Disguise. So uh, so make sure that you get there, Hoopleheads. Hoopleheads? What? It'll make sense next week. Okay. I'm ready for it. Hopperheads? I'm ready. Hoopleheads. Have you, have you seen the show Deadwood? No. I have not, but I should. Then none of my jokes next week will make any sense. Oh. Maybe I should. No, I haven't even finished Stranger Things season four yet. I will definitely not be oh, able yeah, to get, catch up get with on that. Deadwood before. I have things to do. I have cats to give medicine to. It's kitten season. Stranger Things it is is oh god, good. It's kitten I, season. <laughs> season one still might be the best. Season two exists. It is good. It's just long. Yes. Yes, the episodes seem longer and longer. Oh, they're long. They're actually they're long. literally longer, yes, this season. Oh, yes. So I end up spending all of my movie night time on that when I need to be petting kittens. So they get used to being petted. Oh. I but know. But of course, if you want to hear more from us, uh, check out our Patreon. For a mere dollar a month, you can access our entire back catalog of Patreon episodes and this month's exciting episode in which we watch an episode of the 1970s Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon. Yes, yes. recently restored to the internet. Uh, thanks yes. to, I guess, the official Godzilla channel. Uh, yeah. yes. But we will be watching one of the season two episodes that were previously only... Uh, I, I guess cataloged by people who had VHS tapes from mm. Cartoon Network in the 90s. Yeah. So we will be watching that this month. Uh, that is, uh, yes, speaking of Don Messick uh, and Godzuki. <laughs> <laughs> so much Godzuki. That is at so much of that child just saying what's going on. Uh, <laughs> what is that Hanna is Barbera? at Patreon. <laughs> Yes, that is at patreon.com slash Iacon Underground. All right, so until next time, when we uh, when we experience a real calamity, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Godzuki. <laughs> I love Godzuki. Godzuki.